All right, everybody, welcome back once again to the One More Podcast. It is the beautiful, beautiful, wonderful One More Podcast you want when you want one more. The question is, what one more do you want? Well, we're going to give it to you whether you like it tonight. All right, who are the cast of characters? You've got Carl Johnson down there at the Beau Rivage MGM, beautiful property in Biloxi, Mississippi. The race and sportsbook director is own self at Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. And then we have the raconteur, the businessman, the man who's spending way too much time in Alabama. It's Bill Berman from Parts Unknown up around New Jersey. And me, I'm just Ryan Hyatt. I'm like the uh, tour director, the cruise director. Hey, we're going to play shuffleboard on the Lido deck later on, so check us out. Boys, it's good to be back. The band is back together. It is good to be back. It's, uh, you know, it's been, uh, uh, like you guys know, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I miss uh, I've missed you guys uh, immensely, but I have I've enjoyed the little break, you know. Uh, uh, but I still, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize we text each other back and forth. So, uh, but I uh, missed you guys, missed seeing you guys, and uh, glad to be back. Yeah, you know, Carl, just tell the fans. I mean, you needed that rest and you appreciated the break. How was Fiji? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm not ready to go there. I, I tell you the, the the next trip that I make is good is coming your way, B. Uh, I love it. I so love it. As soon as uh, as soon as we get done with the with the madness and it slows down a little bit, I'm gonna I'm gonna come spend some time with you and Michael, and then I'm gonna head to Nevada and do the same thing out there with the Vizen guys. Well, we are we are looking forward to it. And Ryan, if I could just say one more thing to your mention on uh, of Alabama, um, I was down there last weekend uh, for my daughter's. Uh, sorority parents weekend and went out to a bar called rhythm and blue uh, brews with a bunch of the parents and all the kids and they had a great country band and as you guys know i texted you some stuff from there yeah i gotta tell you i feel much better about myself after seeing how drunk some of those parents were <laughs> i mean if we're grading on a bell curve i'm not as big an asshole as people think apparently think i am I, it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been too bad because you were texting us pictures of the breakfast menu at breakfast hours, not like two in the afternoon. We're rolling in for breakfast. No, it was actually breakfast hours. I got to tell you, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, I keep telling you guys this. I, you know, I'm, I'm some Yankee sitting up here telling you guys this. What you grew up with and already know, man. That part of the country is made for me. I love that. I love it down there. Food. Uh, drinks people it is it's a great place you know you know one of the you know you you showed that picture of that uh, menu uh, you know it, you know I've never been in your part of the country yet uh, but do you have menus up there like that no no that's a quick <laughs> answer no we don't and and you know there's you know up here you, you'll get buffalo wings you get you get you know all the usual bar food they get good bar food up here don't get me wrong yeah but like you go down there and you can't pick up a menu without pork rinds on it. Like yeah. that is, I, and I love them. Yeah. I, I love them. <laughs> so it's, it's great. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter what meal it is either. You get pork right. rinds in every meal. That's no. right. Socially yeah. acceptable all day long. Absolutely. All right. So here's what we're going to do for you folks tonight. We're going to look at the NCAA tournament through our lenses, the teams we love, the teams we hate. We're not going to give you an exhaustive, 32-game breakdown. You've already done your bracket for the most part. But there is some value out there. 
There's some betting angles that we're going to look at. And then there are some teams that we absolutely hate that we're going to tell you about that tonight. We'll also, we got a sharp report coming up there from Carl Johnson at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi, a uh, wonderful uh, MGM property, and maybe talk about some of our favorite March Madness memories over the years. Uh, some good bets, some bad bets, and then the days we woke up and we're like, I don't know where my pants are. Hold on. That's a different deal. That's it. Hold on. That's a different podcast I do. It's totally different. Okay. <laughs> Let's 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 get yesterday. It. Yes, yes. Oh, you saw that one. Yeah. It's a daily occurrence. Carl, who and I saw your bracket today and I and it's a, you know, it's a lovely bracket and by the way, your penmanship is fantastic. I want to applaud you on your penmanship. So, I, I know I know what you've got picked, but three or four teams that you really love going into this thing. Uh, you know what? I I'll say this and I'm going to you know, to, to 95% of the people out there that, that's going to listen to this, I'm going to sound like a complete uh, non-educated lunatic. But, you know, I, I'm looking at this East region, and I just, for whatever it is, and I've been watching this team for the last, I don't know, three or four weeks. Uh, they're an eight seed in this, in, this, uh, in this region, and I actually think that they're the best team in the region. That now I might be dead wrong. It's just, it's just, and like I said, it, it for me, it's all about the eye candy. Uh, but I think Memphis is one of the most underrated teams in this in this tournament. You can get them for 125 to one, and I am on Memphis. That's that's my sleeper team, if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, I like uh, look, I like Alabama. I think Bill's Bill's team's got a. Uh, I think they have a legitimate chance, you know, if they can avoid some type of uh, injury, I think, uh, you know, and I think this time of the year, I think they'll be focused. Um, but, uh, you know, I like that team a lot. Um, and I like Marquette a little bit too. You know, I, uh, you know, I don't like Houston. I, I, I have to personally pull against Houston, but, I don't like them anyway. You know, it's nothing to do about mattress and mattress bet. Um, I like Texas a whole lot. Uh, and then another thing, too, and a guy a guy mentioned it today, you know, when he was looking at my bracket. And he said, it looks like you struggled or you hesitated on the Kansas-UCLA matchup. And he's exactly right. I love UCLA. I've got a futures on UCLA. I don't have a Kansas future. And on that side of the bracket, I've got – I've got UCLA getting beat by Kansas, and I've got them playing Texas uh, to see who goes to the final. But uh, you know, that's the three teams, the three or four teams that I like. Memphis showed us, uh, I thought, again, they played Houston great all year long, and they got them, obviously, with Sasser being out the other day. This is a long team. This is an athletic team. I want to go back down to Marquette, though. They've got the right coach at the right place. He punches up. He coaches great in this tournament. Yeah. And I love that aspect with Marquette. Yeah, I mean, you know, for for them, I think they, uh, you know, you got to get uh, you got to get past that first one. Uh, you know, I think they can go a long way. I think the the team uh, that they're going to have to beat uh, is going to be Kansas State uh, once they get to, I guess, what is that the uh, the uh, uh, regional Sweet Center. Sixteen, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll see from there, and then I've got them paired up with Memphis. Uh, you know, in, in the uh, regional finals, 
so uh, I like both of those teams. It should be really, really interesting. I love Kansas State. My my only hesitation on this, and I think Jerome Tang has proven that he's worthy of being a head coach in the Big 12, And but he doesn't have tournament experience as a head coach. And you look at teams that go deep, typically they've got a coach who's got some experience, and I think the Sweet 16 uh, going up against uh, potentially, like you said, a Marquette would be something. All right, Bill, let's talk about Alabama. I know you've got them going all the way to the NBA championship. They're going to take down Phoenix. Yes, uh, they are. Uh, bonus game this year for the for the tide uh but does probably a walk in the park uh so so to be fully transparent i've got bama going to the final and losing to houston uh i've i took uh houston back when a future on them back when carl told us mattress mac took houston um i thought they were going to be the best team all year i think they are the best team i think the only thing stopping them is what the heck Sasser, what kind of shape he's in, right? Yeah. Groin injury. Can you, if he's fine, can he re-aggravate it? But they've played the best, most consistent and best defense all year. And they've got pain in the ass guards. And I, and those are two things that I think are really key in this tournament every year. So like, that's the high level, right? I think Bama has played, some of their most inconsistent basketball probably over their last five to seven games for obvious reasons. I think there's been a lot of distraction around that, but I think those are the two best teams. The other two final four teams I have, which will give away uh, what I like um, in terms of teams, a little, you know, off the beaten path, not that far Marquette and UCLA. Those are my two other four uh, final four teams. Um, but you guys brought up Kansas State, right? So let's do a shameless plug here for our friends at Visa. I don't know if you guys have looked at this guide um, that they put out for the tournament, but I, there's a lot of shit that you drop 20 bucks on in life that's a complete waste of time. Hold this, on, it's only 19 It's only $19. It, 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 I mean, it, Ryan, it's unbelievable how good this thing is. Um, I've bought it two years in a row. But Steve Mackinnon's work in here, which is all statistically driven. Um, so he breaks it down. And, and I like this this one quadrant he has, which is potential upset victim qualifiers, right? So he's got 17 metrics statistically that he measures teams by. And this thing has a high percentage uh, accuracy level historically in this tournament of calling upset um, uh, games. Kansas State is the is one of two teams on that board that checks all 17 possible upset victims. The other is San Diego State. So those those are kind of interesting. I and I flat out picked uh, I, I, I don't even know what the hell Montana State's uh, uh, mascot is, but I picked them over Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, look, there's some there's some sharp money that's 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 all over them too. So, uh, you know, when you go through this list, I think, you know, people, I, it's weird. It's like everything else in life. We get so much information ahead of time and the information flow is so efficient now. So years back, you'd have these teams sneak up on you in this tournament and you could kind of find these little Cinderella teams or you'd find these teams that were hot going in and not everybody was catching on to it. I just wonder how 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 efficient the information is, how that affects the teams. But everybody's all all of a sudden, 
you know, Duke is the working the working class man's team going into this yeah. thing, and they're hot at the end of the year. A lot of people are picking them to go far. Um, I like these. I don't know what you think about these Sweet Sixteen bets, Carl, but that's something I haven't bet before that I'm betting this year is just a couple of teams to make the Sweet Sixteen, and I got some decent money on Duke doing that. Yeah, and look, I they they may be the hottest team in the country right now, Bill. I mean, you know, the, the even the, the smartest people that follow this basketball day in and day out, you know, I've heard them say that. Uh, I like the, the to reach the Sweet 16 stuff. I was looking at it earlier. Uh, if I can, I'm going to try to get uh, uh, UCLA. I think they're minus like 250 to reach. Uh, and then uh, Alabama's minus 300. You, you know, you got to lay a little juice right there. But, uh, man, that's – I just don't see them not getting into the into the Sweet 16. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't either. Um, I, I think I, I think they've got that – I forget where the hell I got that uh, – what, what price I got on them to go to the Sweet 16, but I think it was a decent price. Um, and then you look at other Cinderella teams for – like – so if you're not if you're not focused on guards and defense in this tournament, I think the other thing you're focused on is coaches. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like Patino, like kind of his last, probably his last year at Iona. Boy, he he tortures people. Um, yeah. He's historically tortured people in this tournament. He's a hell of a coach. I just wonder if Iona can can make a little noise in this year in his swan song. You, you know what's uh, you know what's interesting in looking at this this stuff real quick. Uh, Houston to reach sweet, sweet 16, you know, the yes is only minus 350. Mm. That's, I mean, for, for that team, the yet yeah, that's, that's, that's cheap. Don't you think? I think that's very cheap. I, I That's gotta be injury impacted, right? That's got, that's gotta be because I, because they have been very mum on, on really what kind of shape Sasser's in and he's a key piece of their team. Um, I know I'm jumping around here. The other team I like. No, it's good. You, you get back into coaches. Uh, our, our friend Buzz down at Texas A&M, good yeah. buddy of the parties. That, that guy's a tough coach in Texas A&M. Has, they play teams really tough. They And they really came on here um, towards the, the – of course, they had a good – they had a good solid year all, all year long, you know. And, I, and to be totally transparent – I wasn't following basketball during football season at all, uh, but uh, I, I know that they've, uh, I know that they've, they've, they've beat, they've got some good wins. Uh, they've played good basketball. I, a lot of people think that they can make a little run here too. You know, Ryan, the one I was going to ask you, um, cause you follow college sports a lot closer than, uh, than Carl and I do, but the other team that's showing up all over the place and I felt like they were strong, in the beginning of the year, um, I'm seeing UConn all over the place in people's brackets. And I, I have not, not to put you on the spot, but I, I'm just not all that impressed with with them in, in terms of what they may do in this tournament. But curious what you're thinking on them or anybody else. Well, I mean, obviously, they got an interesting matchup there with Iona. And then I think if they can get through that, and they should, uh, I have them going out to VCU, which I have beating St. Mary's. I think the uh, West Coast Conference is really overseeded this year. You're getting some Gonzaga love and whatever. So, but back to UConn, I don't see it in the strength of schedule. I don't see it who they've played. I think what you get is a little hyper 
uh, old Big East affinity and a little, I hate to say East Coast bias because as a Big 12 guy, people are going to immediately say, oh, it's just, you know, just you saying that. No, I don't see that with UConn. Uh, but I, I, I think, think you're uh, right, though. Yeah, I think we, we've got a little bit of that going on right there. No, I want to go back. Dang it, Berman, you, you gave like 52 different great talking points. <laughs> A few seconds ago that we, we could go for four hours. I want, to go, yeah, hey, I want to go back, though, to the idea of now that we can do these to the Sweet 16 bets, to the whatever, that we can micro bet as opposed to in the past, it was almost always just futures for the winner. And in the past, and Carl, you can speak to this, the idea that for the most part, you were better off just betting a team and rolling them over if you like them game by game. In the short sample size, though, of just two games to win, is, is that a different metric that people can look at? I mean, I mean, there's so much, you know. I mean, it just seems like every year they just we just add shit that you can bet. I mean, there is so much to bet. Well, uh, hey, Carl, can I ask you? Sorry to interrupt, but I want to. That, that's part of like, has that increased a lot in profile year over year? Because I I feel like. You know, the Super Bowl bets go up every year. We, we yeah. all the stupid shit they throw in there. But this thing, as popular as it is, I feel like to the overall point Ryan's making about kind of micromanaging this thing, I think the the number of angles you have on a year over year, has it gone up substantially? Do you have to offer a lot more? I think so, you know, because it's, uh, you know, the, so what happens is, is one, one book, you know, let's take, we'll, we'll use FanDuel for example. You know, they let you parlay. All just about anything you want to you want to put in a bet, you can parlay it with them. Now that's you know they they open themselves up to a lot of liability that way, but they let you do it. And then what happens is is that it's customer driven. You know the the customers come to us and say, hey, you know Carl, I want to you know I can remember when when they would come up and say, hey, you know well, why don't y'all have a a Sweet Sixteen or a Final Four or a Final Eight bet? You know what I mean? Uh, so. All of this stuff has just been moving so rapid in the last few years. I mean, it's basically down to where, you know, like Super Bowl on the phone app, you know, on those apps, you can bet almost every damn play, whether it's going to be run pass. These basketball uh, things, I mean, you, you can bet the, the the state of the tournament champion, uh, the seed, you know, you, you bet uh, – you're exactly. I'll just give you the consumer experience for the uh, as a you know a full fledged representative of the knucklehead better. Like I'm sitting there Monday, and I'm going through my phone, and I had to stop myself because I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, I can get them in the suites. Wait a minute, go back. What does that even make sense that I bet both those teams to go to the Sweet Sixteen? Right. You're still, yeah. You can just click away at it. It's amazing. Yeah, and and look to your point. You know, it's uh, someone was asking me earlier, just just like uh, those Super Bowl prop booklets. I don't want to. I mean, I'm, I'm mentioning Super Bowl because those prop booklets are all correlated. Yep. So you, you should not look at this stuff until you filled out your bracket. Yep. Fill know it. your script. Yeah. Know what you believe. That, but because if if not, just like you said, Bill, it's so easy to go through that phone. Look, we're not going to list shit according to these brackets you know no, i mean no. and, and just and just like you said you know uh you know when you got 
you know, if I played uh, USC and Marquette to go to the Final Four, they play each other in the freaking, you know, in, in the second in the second round. You guys are both right because it's literally what I did Monday. I'm sitting there punching away at this thing because I knew I had a couple teams that I liked, and I, I wanted to play Texas A and M um, um, just because I think they're going to play people tough. And I stopped myself and said. You're an idiot. Go fill out your bracket first yeah. and then make those bets yeah. because you, yeah. you, you cross yourself up completely. Yeah. And just, and look, that's, so that's, and, and that's something that the books will take it, try to take advantage of you because they're not going to list this shit according to how this is listed. They're going to list it in there and hoping that, and hoping that you make exactly the mistake that you make, you know, playing, playing two both teams and they're going to play each other like the second round. I want to get back to one more thing before we get to the sharp report, Carl, but uh, Bill, you brought up the impact of coaches and it's huge uh, in this tournament. It's always been huge, but I think it's even bigger now as players come and go quicker and as coaches uh, specifically bill self. I've had the pleasure of covering him for many years through many hair transplants and we want nothing but the best for his health, but in, in all seriousness, Carl, we the news came out early enough in the Big 12 tournament that it was priced in going into the first game. What does a coach value? How do, how do the books handle that? If we find out, heaven forbid, that Bill Self can't be on the bench for a game, what do you? What is that? What is that worth? We talk about what it's worth in the NFL for a quarterback. It could be a you know a point, a half a point, whatever. How do the books handle that for a coach in this tournament? Yeah, you know, um, look, I think this. I mean, you know, if you if you look at some of those coaching staffs, they got more coaches on the freaking team than they do players. Than players, yeah. you know. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a, they, they, they didn't have to build a custom bench for Memphis. Holy shit! So, uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm with you on Memphis, but holy shit, they could be the most overcoached team in the world. Yeah, I mean, look, there. So, I think once it gets to these tournament games, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it affects teams as much in the tournament games because there's time to game plan. And I think, I think in general, you know, he, they're gonna the, the players and his staff, whether he's there or not, they're gonna implement that game plan. Um, I, I don't see in basketball, in college basketball, I don't see that being such a big deal as opposed to maybe college football, you know, where right. the head coach is actually uh, game managing. Uh, you know, I think there's number of players on that, uh, number of coaches on that staff that, that can get that team to play just like if he was there. So I, I don't think it, it affects it. Interesting enough, by the way, speaking of Bill Self, uh, that's Jay Wright's pick for, for the tournament, which is yeah. – that's uh, Jay, he doesn't just throw that kind of shit out there. He's uh, Jay Wright is a one hell of a basketball coach, and uh, those guys have had a rivalry for a while. So, yeah, and a guy who has spectacular hair in and of his own self uh, down fantastic. there in Philly. I mean, fantastic, Beautiful, fantastic hair. I mean, I, right. I hate the guy for that reason. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> before okay, before we get to the sharp report, real quick, teams you absolutely hate. The kryptonite, the team that you don't want to have anything to do with, that is whether it's a say a top four seed or whatever. What do you what what who do you hate, Bill? Who do you hate? Uh, you know, oh, man. Uh, I I I think the days of Kentucky doing Kentucky things are over. Uh, 
I, I just, I, I am very short Kentucky. I don't care what, ha- I know what happened last year. I think it could happen all over again. I think, yeah. I don't think Kentucky could take a punch. I got a buddy of mine who's a, a big Providence alumni and fan. He's nervous. I said, I don't know. I wouldn't be that damn nervous playing that team. I don't think that team can take a punch. So when you talk about high ranked teams that I thought played really inconsistent this year, and it would not shock me at all to see them sitting at home on their ass in a week. I think it's them. Yeah. What about you, Carl? You know, I don't, I don't, I think hate is a strong word. I don't, oh, okay, okay. No hate, no hate. Yeah, no. Wow, I, when the hell did we get so touchy feely? Yeah. I mean, give the guy a couple of weeks off, Ryan. And like, I mean, holy shit. I, I, I look, this is what I think. I, there's teams that I would rather watch play. I'll give you an example a, a team like, uh, uh, you know, I like to watch Alabama play, I like to watch Gonzaga play. Um, you know, I like I like that type of game. I can remember Virginia. I don't like Virginia. I, I don't like the way they their brand of basketball. It's not that I don't like Virginia. Hold on, you don't like seeing a team score forty two points yeah, a night? Man, I mean, you know that. Just, <laughs> I think there's a lot of support for that call, Carl. I think know, a lot of people hate watching them play. Yeah, I mean, I don't like teams like that. I mean, to me, it just they they they're still running the old four corners, you know, where they would. You know, win twenty to fifteen and call it a great game. Shit, I don't. I hate that stuff. So, uh, but I, you know, I like the fast pace of a team like Purdue when they get out running. You know, or Arizona, the the West Coast teams. I like. You know, I like some of them, but uh, teams like uh, uh, Virginia and NC State. I just I don't like the that the way they play the game. There you go. You, all right. I think you, hit, I think you hit something personal there with Car. Uh, no, uh-uh, not at all. I mean, it's just I, for, for for whatever reason, every time I think of slow paced basketball, it's freaking Virginia. I think he had a shitty beer on Virginia's campus one time, and that's <laughs> or or I may I might have I might have met a, uh, a not so nice female at Virginia. Well, okay, wow. Maybe dim the lights a little bit. We'll have Carl. Like, maybe we should talk through this a little bit. Yeah. I mean, at least we knew it was a female. I mean, these days. Well, anyways, True. let's uh, we we continue on to the very good report. We look at that man, Carl Johnson, down there in Biloxi, Mississippi. He has the numbers. He has the wherewithal. Does he have the guts to tell us where the sharp money is tonight, Mister Johnson? <laughs> Yeah, so they hit the so here's your little sharp report for round one. They hit this as soon as these lines opened up. Uh, they hit uh, Furman, they hit Furman plus five and a half. Very popular sharp play. Um, a lot of people were talking about it across the country. Uh, they hit Arkansas minus two and a half. Texas minus fourteen. I think Texas makes a run too, boys. Uh, Penn yeah. State plus three. They hit VCU plus three and a half. They took Iona plus the nine and a half. I like that play a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took Miami of Florida, who we do have some liability on, at minus two and a half. And also, uh, I did a show the other day with uh, Mike Palm at Circa. They have pretty good liability on Miami of Florida. Also, uh, they hit Memphis minus three. Uh, I'm going to bet Memphis a uh, pretty good bet on them. And then they hit Indiana minus four. Also... Let's keep in mind this. Last year, first half total unders did extremely well. Uh, the thought is that these teams come in 
uh, overly excited, uh, and it takes them a little bit to calm down. They can't hit the basket. So uh, first half under totals did real well. And then my futures, uh, you know, I've got Texas, Memphis, UCLA, and Alabama on futures. Hey, Carl, yeah, can I ask you a quick one on that? Uh, yeah. Do you think the books adjusted to that whole under thing in in uh, yes this year? It was such a big trend last year. Yeah, um, I, I do, Bill. Um, you know, I we we were I just did a show a little bit ago with ESPN. We were talking about actual the differences in the point spreads. How this year they seem to be lower than normal. You know, even mm-hmm. with your big favorites. So I think what it is, I think what we've seen this year is we've seen greater parity. Uh, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know if nil has affected college basketball like it has football. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, uh, in years past, we've always kind of – everybody's always kind of thought there was six or seven teams that could win this thing. Um, to me, this year just seems like there's at least – twice that number that can win if they get hot. Uh, so uh, we feel good about that. You know, we, we've we got a big bullet to dodge with Mattress Mac. We actually feel pretty good about it because we think that there's 15 or 17 teams out there that can win if if they get uh, – if the right things happen and they get hot. So I do think the lines have adjusted. I see them down. Matter of fact, I had put together a little parlay, uh, uh, kind of like a what-if parlay, and the, the – the thought of it is, is that, you know, what if things go according to how they, you know, how just a regular novice would pick the sheet up and say, oh, Alabama minus 23 and a half, Houston minus 19 and a half. So I've got a nine teamer. It's got nothing but big favorites on it. I'm going to put the ticket in. I'm going to play it for like 10 bucks. It's going to pay, uh, I mean, it's going to pay a fortune. Uh, but uh, I, I'm going to put that ticket in where it's got all favorites. There's nine of them, Bama, Houston, Texas, Kansas, Arizona, UCLA, Marquette, Baylor, Gonzaga. And we'll just wow. see what the hell happens, you know. Now, do I think it's going to hit? I doubt it. But if things go according to how just a regular Joe Blow would look at the sheet and go, oh, I'm betting that, then I got a chance. Uh, you know, Bill, it was about this time last year that Carl Johnson also told us about this little thing on the Kentucky Derby, about there's just this wild chance if you just wheel this horse around. So, yeah, uh, all right, people, pay attention. Yeah, pay want, attention. Pay attention. One more, one more, real quick thought on the unders first half, and this is something that I have noticed over the years covering covering the tournament, covering college basketball. And it's particularly with the smaller schools, mid-major schools. You get very limited time on these courts. They have not played in big arenas for the most part during the year. They played in smaller arenas. The depth perception is off. You get the day before, basically, about a 45-minute session in the arena. If you're lucky, the next day you have a shoot-around for about 30 minutes before the game. Again, first half, I think, is key. Bill, I think you're right. I do think that they are kind of compressing those numbers. But look at some of your smaller schools, um, you know, a Kent State uh, against Indiana. Um, you know, just using that as an example. If you can get their singular team, not the total, but a singular team first half under, that might be something to look at. You That's, know, you that, just, you've got Coach Norman Dale 
just rolling over in his grave right now. Uh, Measure I, it. I mean, holy shit. I mean, did you just take a big squirt all over Ollie and, and the entire Hoosiers <laughs> team, Brian? That's a, they're all, what are you talking about? They're, it's the same gym. That's what he said. Yeah, but look, it took them forever. Hickory struggled in the first half. They were laggards. They were slow. It took until the second half to get going. I mean, yeah. I had Hickory under in that game in the first half, and they cashed. Listen, that's my first. They couldn't run the picket fence at them. That's my favorite sports movie and probably my probably my favorite movie of all time. But I, I got to tell you, Unless my eyes are lying to me, I'm not so sure Hickory should have made that comeback. That looked like a pretty, that looked like a pretty damn good team they were playing. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, it, we've got time, guys. You guys can go anywhere you want to. I mean, we got time. We got whatever. I know. Obviously, Carl's got to get back to work, and Bill, you and me, we got to get back to drinking. Um, yeah. But the over the years, your favorite March Madness memories, either maybe some of your earliest. Memories of the tournament, or just some bad beats, some good wins, some whatever. Uh, you know, uh, Carl. What? A, or no, go ahead, Carl. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you know, Carl. What about you? You know, your favorite yeah, March Madness. I, you know, I, I would have to say I don't, I don't have a whole lot of memories of of March Madness. Uh, I can, I can just about tell you every Super Bowl and, and football game that I watch, but uh, I don't have a whole lot of memories of March Madness as a. Uh, uh, young person, uh, you know, but uh, some of my best memories of March Madness are from Mirage in Las Vegas uh, in that sports book, uh, you know, and at the time uh, it was the cathedral of sports betting. I mean, there, right. was, there was nothing better than it. That pl place was extremely loud and it just seemed like game after game after game, you know, at the buzzer, you know, you would hear the crowd either roar or, or go, ooh, or, you know, it just, you know, the races to 15, you know, you get early, early crowd. Yeah. Stuff, you know, those, so I think the crowd noise, the energy, you know, uh, living my life in these casino sports books now, I think that's the best part of it for me. I like the energy. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, uh, Ryan, I would go, um, uh, so my first like awareness of the tournament when it really like kind of like blew up for me and and I'd argue most guys my age around here was the 85 Villanova team um yeah. that thing was just crazy but it was more than them winning first of all again you get back to like how the hell did, I, I still don't know how the hell they beat Georgetown that night they shot they had to shoot 70 percent to do it and that's yeah. what they did but and I hate to be, you know, the old guy, get off my lawn, but holy <laughs> shit, it was a tournament play, conference tournament play to me was so much better than, and I'm not sure there will ever be a conference the way that 80s Big East conference no. was. Holy shit, they, those games were bloodbaths. I mean, every team in that conference was good. They beat the living hell out of each other. It was a war of attrition, and by the time they got to the tournament, like they were so damn well prepared because of the competition they were playing in here. And it gets back to like what people—it's the antithesis of what Gonzaga is now, right? They don't—they don't play anybody really all year long. They yeah. don't, just don't get battle tested. Then 
that was a goddamn gladiator matchup in the in that in that and that that's my biggest memory. My first memory was that Big East conference. No, and I equate that into the NCAA tournament growing up, you know, in the, in the seventies and eighties. And I'll tell you the impact it had out here in West Texas, right? The Big East. You've got Big Monday, the creation of Big Monday, and you're seeing Georgetown, and you're seeing uh, St. John's, and all the great coaches. And are we? Are we on my basketball team wearing T-shirts under our jerseys? Not because the gym's cold. No, because Patrick Ewing is wearing it. You know, Mullins is wearing it. You know, so we're all wearing it. So, yeah, it had that impact. All right, I'll give you one of my earliest NCAA tournament memories and also a bad beat. So, 1983, young me and my friend Jeffrey D. Couch. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got North Carolina. Uh, part, uh, yeah, uh, he's uh, he's got North Carolina. I got Georgetown. You know, we're in New Orleans. We're down in the Big Easy at the Superdome. Uh, this is going to be easy money, easy money for me. Georgetown, no way they're going to lose. And in the final seconds, obviously, Sleepy Floyd bringing it up, looks over to his right, throws it to his left, and some dude named Michael Jordan has the ball, and the game's over. Whatever All happens, right. dude. So, yeah, I never, he never really panned out, you know. <laughs> Dean Smith, the only one who could keep him under 20 a game. So the game ends right there, you know. Uh, uh, Carolina wins it. Dean Smith gets the championship. 20 seconds later, my house phone rings. Hello? Bring $2 to school tomorrow. See you then. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a lot of money because i didn't have two dollars yeah. so now i've got to go to my dad and say uh i need some extra lunch money well why how come we gave you your money at the beginning of the week uh because um because uh georgetown sucks <laughs> that's why that's why dad because georgetown sucks you there know the you other go. thing just thinking back to those painful, periods, painful memories it, yeah. it is um I don't know if you guys have ever had Carl. You said you haven't been up here, so I, I, it doesn't sound like you've been. But if you ever can get to a a basketball game at the Palestra up here, um, the place is literally a museum. It is not overhyped. It's Penn's uh, uh, on Penn's campus. Um, that was my first in person basketball game that I uh, went to in, for a college game. Taking oh wow, dad. Uh, Tom Cinema, God bless him. Uh, he took us there. Uh, I think it was a, it may have been a LaSalle Villanova game, but anyway, holy shit! Like still to this day, I'd argue there aren't any better places you can go watch a basketball game, college basketball game. It is this little tiny, complete, you know, nineteen 1890s gym of a place, wow. and it's incredible. Wow. Did you ever get to go to the Big Five tournaments or anything there at the Palestra? No, I, I I didn't, uh, but I got to see one game there, and it was enough for me to like. I still want to get my daughters to, to a game there, especially my youngest daughter Anna's a big basketball fan. So um, I, I didn't, but but everything you see in video, it's it's better than that. It, it, the it's closest incredible. I've got to that, we were up there in 05 for the NCAA tournament uh, with the Texas Tech women's basketball. Didn't get to go to the Palestra, but. We worked out over at Temple at McGonagall, yeah, and got yep. to go in there. And if you and you, you're, I, I'm assuming you've probably been in there. Yep. They have the portraits of all the Temple All Americans. These beautiful painted portraits, 
hanging around all the stuff and we're walking around and this is back when this was still cool. And I'm like, and I looked at one of the players. And I said, you know who that is? And it's a football player, you know? And he's like, ah, uh. said, that's Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> back when you could say Bill Cosby and not go <laughs> and, and not get thrown off uh, whatever exactly. medium. that that place was special that is well, an awesome and that, place and, and, you know, to get back to those coaches back in the Big East you know J- John Chaney belonged in the Big East back in those days like John yeah. Chaney legendary coach no longer with us um, but people don't realize like just Google John Chaney, realize what that guy did for that program. And, and it's interesting, right? Because the Aaron McKee just um, basically got let go by Tim. I hope they get a hell of a coach and reinvigorate that program. It's an unbelievable basketball program. And it's very few times you will see one NCAA basketball coach threaten to kill another yes. in a press conference. And that's what John Chaney did to John Calipari. Yeah. <laughs> And he wasn't kidding either. No, they had to hold him back. He literally said the words, I'm going to kill you. So I think this is a perfect way to end the uh, podcast tonight with uh, Coach on Coach Violence in the Big East. Why not? All right. uh, Party thoughts, party shots. Carl, what do you got before we get out of here tonight? Yeah, so, uh, you know, starting tomorrow, I think, uh, you know, I think you should kind of tend to probably take the points. Uh, play the under first halves, uh, look for the upsets, and uh, I think you'll be all right and good. Good use good money management. That's, and that's follow good, Carl, that. by the way, at Jig Jack Johnson on Twitter. Sign up for the email blast, too. Uh, Berman, you, do you have an email blast or anything that people can get? Uh, and not, why did you smell something? Uh, <laughs> listen, do you smell it? <laughs> uh, my party thought. Uh, any local fans we have of the One More Podcast, I will be at the Borgata, high noon, Friday, with a table. Thomas Gable, kind enough to hold a table for me nice. and a couple of buddies. Come join us. Watch some games with us Friday at noon. Take, play some hooky from work. I'll buy you a beer. There you go. And and for our local fans in West Texas, I'll be appearing at Gators Bayou tomorrow afternoon, two o'clock <laughs> central. If you want to watch some games there at 98th and slide, uh, get the Gator bites. It'll be fantastic. Guy, yeah, it was, it was fun to get back together boys tonight. feel like yeah. we hadn't done this. So it's good. Yeah. All, all good boys. This is uh listen, we've got a couple of weeks ahead of us that are two of the best weeks of the sports here. So enjoy it. we got the masters around the corner. That's right. And, uh, and I'm a couple of weeks away from going to Vegas, so we, we're going to have to do a remote pod from there. Nice. Oh, it is going to get ugly. We're going to have to put on a jacket. All right. For everybody involved in this little thing, we can't tell you guys enough how much we love the fact that you take time to watch this, that you interact with us on social media, Twitter. Please keep doing that. Tell your friends about the One More Podcast. Stop people on the street you don't even know. For everybody involved, I'm Ryan Hyatt. Please don't sue us. 